Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everybody's had a fantastic weekend. I'm up here in Amelia Island still for Atlanta's early birthday. We came up here for the weekend. I've always enjoyed up here in North Florida, and so I'm facing the Atlantic right now, enjoying the weather, headed back home later on this afternoon to deal with all the traffic and back to reality. <laughs> But it's been very nice to be up here for the weekend and relax a little bit and enjoy Florida's weather. And I hope everybody else has been able to do the same of wherever you're at right now and continue to stay healthy and exercise. Me and Hunter actually went to the gym last night in there. And there was nobody in there, so they didn't care about a six-year-old hanging out. And we got a quick workout in, and he was over there trying to do pull-ups and working on his push-ups and sit-ups and his training for his jiu-jitsu. And I was proud of him. You know, he's, he's really starting to turn into a uh, – He's still a little boy, but he's six, but he's really starting to, you know, grow and mature. And I've encouraged everyone I know, especially when I get to talk to them for an extended period of time, you know, it is the responsibility and duty, especially as a father, to make sure you're maintaining the concept, the idea, the training of being an American patriot and not falling prey to a lot of the really, really perverted stuff that is being portrayed out there as the new normal, because it's not normal. It never has been normal. It's simply been a fringe or some type of weird direction or weird area. And what they've done is they've tried to bring it to the surface as normal. And so, again, I encourage everyone, make sure you're doing the best you can to teach the truth, to teach righteousness, teach biblical values, and uh, enjoy overall life because, you know, it goes by quick. It happens fast, and a lot of things we're seeing right now are showing us that things are moving much quicker, and that's why it's so important. We have to do the best we can to maintain and train up the younger generation the best we possibly can. I saw news down here in Florida. This was interesting. The end of last week, our Florida Surgeon General, Joseph Ladapo, uh, issued a full health alert on the RNA COVID vaccine safety. This is interesting. It's stated right here in this. This was issued out on February 15th last week is that the state surgeon general is notifying the healthcare sector and public of subsequent increase in vaccine adverse event reporting system reports from Florida after the COVID-19 rollout. Now, again, this is nothing new to our listeners. You guys know this is going on. And quite frankly, I think this stuff should have been released much, much earlier. Uh, however, it hasn't been. And we're seeing a lot of people now are experiencing the side effects after the fact that they've already gotten it. But it states right here in Florida alone, there's been a 1,700% increase in the VAERS report after the release of the COVID-19 vaccine. It's interesting they have a graph here from the overall report submitted to VAERS in Florida between 2006 and 2022. Now, ironically enough, you know, 2010, there were 1,300. In 2015, there were 1,800. In 2019, there were 2,400. In 2021, in 2020, there was 2,400 again, same as 2019. In 2021, it went up from 2,400 to 41,473 reports of severe adverse events from vaccines. Guys, it jumped from 2,400 to 41,000 in one year. Now, again, this wasn't coincidental, and by any means, the report of life-threatening conditions increased over 4,400%. This increase was not seen anywhere even close during the 2019 H1N1 vaccine campaign. 
there is a need for additional unbiased research to better understand the COVID vaccine's short and long-term effects. The findings in Florida are consistent with various studies that continue to undercover such risk. The, this further evaluates that the Surgeon General wrote a letter to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the CDC to illustrate the risk factors associated with the COVID-19 vaccine, emphasizing the need for additional transparency. Now, again, I said earlier, I think this is kind of a day late and a dollar short to put out. I think this letter should have been put out, you know, the end of 2021, the beginning of 2020 at the very least. I know a lot of times it takes a while to gather data and combine it and correlate it properly and accurately. However, one thing about this that has been very disturbing, to say the least, is that now there's an article that popped up, ironically enough, like on NBC reported it, and the title was Immunity Acquired from COVID Infection is at least as high, if not higher, than provided by two doses of the RNA vaccine. Now, this again is more manipulated titling because the RNA vaccine did not produce any type of long-term antibody resistance or response to the COVID virus itself, as they saw in their own research. That's why they said after three to six months, you needed another booster, then another booster, then another booster, because it had no long-term immunity. However, in this article, it blatantly goes into detail how the immunity acquired from a true COVID infection provides against severe illness and death long-term and continually. You don't have to continually get shot up with RNA gene therapy over and over and over again. And it's funny to me, not in a ha-ha-ha way, but in almost a sad way, that we watched the mainstream media, complicit as they always are, we watched the health departments, we watched the hospitals, we watched the businesses that were controlled by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard literally scream at the top of their lungs that nobody is allowed to do anything unless they get the vaccine, that everybody has to get the shot in order to maintain immunity, that nobody is safe unless you get your injection. My, my, my COVID injection doesn't work unless you get your injection, even though the shot was known stated and admitted by the manufacturers that it never reduced or prevented transmission whatsoever. But yet suddenly everybody was told they had to get the shot. And I commend those and along with those that really stood their ground. And a lot of the ones that ended up getting it before they knew any better and stopped short and did not continually get them over and over and over. Again. Cause there were a lot of people that really didn't even know anything about it. They never watched much of anything, but the mainstream news and suddenly they were said, Oh, you got to get the shot. And everybody went, okay. I remember we were down in Miami one time, right after the shot rolled out, right after the shot rolled out. And I had gone down there to look at a car, and there was an Uber driver that was driving us. And they remember they lifted the mask mandate. And I asked him, I said, did you get this new experimental shot that just came out? This was in like January, February of 2021. And he goes, oh, yeah. He's like, I got it, man. He's like, I think the thing's ridiculous. He's like, I got kind of sick from it. He said, but quite frankly, he goes, I got it just so I could stop wearing a doggone mask down here in Miami. He said, they said if we got the shot, we didn't have to wear the mask anymore. And you guys know the story, how it went. Then suddenly they came around four weeks later. The CDC said, oh, by the way, we've changed our mind now. Even if you've gotten both booster shots and double vaxxed um you you still have to wear your mask at all times because you know it's 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 the mandate the cdc that gets to dictate and maintain all laws apparently in the country at that point in time uh they told you what you could do how you could do it where you couldn't do it what you had to wear how you could wear it when you could go about because apparently the cdc just had you know <laughs> enforcement powers that i never knew were granted to them i'm being sarcastic and so a lot of people went that way but now what we're seeing with this letter from the surgeon general 
This, again, should have come out a long time ago, but I'm glad to see at least there's more and more research coming out. Now, the next step that people have to start realizing and maintaining and getting the truth out there, this shot rollout isn't going to stop with just the COVID shot. You've already, I've already talked in detail about how they're now working on a bird flu vaccine for humans, how they're working on this other flu for this respiratory virus shot, this virus for the respiratory vaccine they're going to make now. This is going to continue to keep rolling out. This thing that they did with COVID, this PSYOP, was so effective in such levels of magnitude we've never seen done before, and it works so well. They're not going to let it go to waste. They're going to tweak it. They're going to manipulate the psych op. They're going to restructure it, and then they're going to put it out there and execute it again. This guaranteed fact they're going to try to do this again in some way, shape, or form. So that's why it is important that everybody continue to wake up and encourage one another to get the truth out there as best as possible because the data is there. The information is there. The research is there. The VAERS report is there. There's no excuse now why somebody can say, well, I didn't know this thing was so dangerous or so unsafe anymore like they did two years ago. Everybody has a right to know the truth, and it's our job to get the truth out there. What do you think, Dad? And good morning on this wonderful Monday in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, Austin. I'm glad you're having a great time up there in Amelia Island. It'll be good to have you home again. Uh, You know, 41,000 adverse events. The Florida Surgeon General is reporting on it. I agree with you. This should have been repeated. This should have been reported two years ago, but it wasn't. But now it is. And this is a state agency coming in and talking about this. But here's the problem. They've not yet called for a halt of the COVID vaccines. They have not done that. They just let you know what the VAERS report has said. And that's a real problem to me. They should have gone in now and said, hey, we're wrong. We were way too – we were way wrong. We shouldn't have done this. Uh, you know, after now after, you know, 670,987,625 doses of the COVID bioweapon shots have been injected into the bodies of Americans with the people currently receiving COVID shots at the lowest levels that they were given emergency authorization. Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladadovo has issued a health alert on the vaccine safety. You know, we've been talking about this stuff for years now on this show. I mean, gosh almighty, what did, what do we do? Uh, Five times 500 shows now we've talked about this, you know, and and it it doesn't make a difference. It's just they're finally starting to talk about it. But again, again, what other Surgeon General and what other state has talked about this at all? None. That's a big goose egg that I've seen. So at least we here in Florida are waking up to this. And again, N-acetylcysteine, nitric oxide or HGH stimulate, vitamin E, vitamin C, D3. You know, these are the things that you've got to take if you've had this shot or you were forced to take this shot to mitigate the effects of it, especially the NAC, the N-acetylcysteine, and, and, the, and the nitric oxide, the HGH stimulates. Super, super important. I take this stuff all the time because we're being exposed to these spike proteins regardless of who we are by walking around. You know, it's, it's nuts. It's yesterday. It was so strange. And I'm gonna sit here and just 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 say something here real quick about this. Yesterday I went to Siesta Key in Sarasota with a friend, and I have to say this: it was crazy. We walked out on the beach. There was a red tide going on. The ammonia was so bad that I started coughing. My friend started coughing. We both started like choking and sneezing, and we just turned around and walked off the beach. And I thought to myself, there are thousands of people laying out here in ammonia. One lady was smart enough to at least have a mask on as she laid in the toxic ammonia. And I thought to myself, what is wrong with people today? Why is it they can't think? The red tide is so dangerous and so toxic and it smells so bad and I'm coughing and hacking out there. But they're laying in the doggone sun in ammonia. 
Why can't people just say, I don't think I want to lay in ammonia? Why can't people just say, I don't think I'm going to do this stuff until I check out and make sure it's okay? Why don't I do some research on red tide and ammonia before I walk out there and poison my lungs and poison my body and poison my bloodstream before I lay in it? I mean, unreal. I mean, I mean, we were literally out there for five minutes coughing and hacking. You had to do, had to use a cough drop after we got off. It was awful. And I thought, and as soon as we got about, you know, three or 400 feet away from the water and away from the beach, you know, you know, downtown a little bit, it was gone. The smell was gone. But why do people do that to themselves? Why do people eat the food that they know is going to cause heart disease, diabetes, and cancer? Why, when we've talked about so many times on this show that high-fat luncheon meats, bacon, sausage, ham, pepperoni, and hot dogs massively increase the risks of cancer, according to the World Health Organization. They said it's like the primary cause of cancer globally. Why do people still eat it? You know, and so that's the question I always ask myself is if you know something's bad for you, why are you continuing to be involved in it? Why are you continuing to do it? Perfect example. Look at Teflon. You know, we've known now for what, for 50 years that Teflon caused all kinds of heart problems and health problems and it's got fluorine in it. And it, we knew they were killing you back in the 70s with Teflon. And and basically 3M knew it all the time. They knew it was toxicity. They just kept selling it because it was so profitable. You know, the chemical conglomerate 3M knew about the health dangers of perfluorooctisulfonic acid, PFOS, and PFOA since the 1970s. These components were in thousands of everyday products from water-repelling clothes to Teflon non-coated stick pans, and they accumulated in your blood, causing cancer, damaging your immune system, injuring your liver, spleen, bone marrow, and increasing cholesterol and triglyceride levels, putting you at risk of heart attacks, you know? These fluorochemicals were the basis for the company's success, going from a small business called the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company to a $120 billion conglomerate. The company used the discoveries from the Manhattan Project, that's where they built the atomic bomb, which used fluorine to distill the uranium for the first atomic bomb that had dropped over Hiroshima to developing a magic fluoridation fluid, fluorocarbon fluid, called PFOA. DuPont used PFOA to create Teflon, a coating used by hundreds of companies to manufacture miraculous, non-toxic, non-stick cookware. Lies and lies and lies. It is not miraculous. It is toxin. It's basically unbelievably toxic, but it is non-stick. I'll give them that. But as the Intercept has learned, the University of Florida's research, Warren Guy, found that complex fluorine molecules in his own blood in 1975. He published the results and alerted 3M, asking for the company if the molecules may be PFOA, coming from Teflon or Scotchgard water repellent, as he knew these materials had about the same type of molecules. 3M told him they had no clue. Lies, lies, and more lies. But the company scientists conducted an investigation and found out that the molecule guy found that his blood was indeed 3M's wonder, wonder molecule. Then in a new internal investigation in 1976, the company just found out that the workers at 3M's Cottage Grove PFOA plant in Minnesota had it in their blood at concentrations 1,000 times higher than normal. By 1978, Larry continues, 3M had concluded that PFOA and PFOS should be regarded as toxic in another internal report in 1979. 3M knew that the people all over the United States had this junk, this crap, according to this article, in their veins to an analysis of samples upon the Red Cross blood donors. This stuff doesn't break down. It stays in your system. You know, in Europe, these Teflon's fluoride products have been banned since 2008, and the PFOA will be totally prohibited prohibited you know, now. By 2020, they took it off the market. Although right now, it's hard to find a pan that uses Teflon in the old continent. In the United States, PFOA was banned in 2014, but it took four decades to get there, 
as a result of litigation and EPA investigations. At that time, the company that made this already knew about its toxicity and kept selling it. And this stuff is everywhere. It's in people's cabinets. It's everywhere, and people still use it because it's a nonstick cookware. And guys, listen to me. Get some cast iron. It's the best. Stainless steel hotspots real bad. Cast iron, it heats up. It cooks evenly. Every morning, I either use olive oil or butter, and I have my four eggs for breakfast every morning because it stabilizes my blood sugar. And it makes me feel good all morning because I have really good, stable blood sugar and keeps my energy level stable. But this stuff, cooking it in Teflon, is no good. And I see it still over – and restaurants still use it. The restaurants still use it. They still cook on a griddle in many cases, and they use, they use canola oil on the griddle. Canola oil is from rapeseed oil. It's another super toxic oil. You know, If you go into a restaurant or you go into a hotel restaurant and you ask them what they're going to cook everything in, tell them that you do not want canola oil, that you want to have your eggs cooked in real butter. And don't order the scrambled eggs off the buffet. Get real eggs. they got to crack the shell on, and you can see them that they're over medium, over easy, and they're cooked in real butter. You'll be a whole lot healthy for you and for your heart and for everything else by doing that. People are always asking me, what do you do when you go out? Well, I ask them primarily what the oil is they use to cook in. Then I ask them, do you put MSG in your food? If it's like a Chinese restaurant, which I very rarely eat at because of the MSG. And then I ask them, is there any pork in this? Like you'll order sausage or you'll order meatloaf or whatever, and they'll say – and I'll say, is there pork in the meatloaf or is it all beef? I ask those kind of questions every time I go out, and, and 99% of the time – the waitress or the waiter simply does not know because they never have asked these questions. If I go get salmon in a restaurant, I specifically ask them, is it wild caught or is it farm-raised salmon? And if they say, oh, no, it's wild Atlantic, Atlantic salmon, there's no such thing as wild Atlantic salmon. It doesn't exist. It's all farm-raised. It has to be caught in Alaska, in the Pacific Northwest, if it's wild salmon. Ask all these questions when you go out. Really, really important. And when you go out and you order a pizza – do your best to order a gluten-free crust. Not that you know the wheat is necessarily bad for you. We've eaten it for thousands and thousands of years, but 99% of the wheat crops that are not organic are sprayed with Roundup before they're harvested. And on top of everything else, they're put into giant combines together with other crops. So that even if they weren't sprayed with Roundup, now they're contaminated by the other crops that's been sprayed with Roundup. So you get all this glyphosate into your food supply, which massively causes a problem with your intestinal tracts, and it's incredibly toxic. I mean, it's been listed, leaked over 20 different types of cancers. We've covered it so many times on the show. So try to avoid gluten, not because it's bad, because it's wheat. Same thing with oatmeal. It's sprayed with, with Roundup also. So always try to buy as much of this stuff as you possibly can organic. People are saying, well, it may not be really organic. It may be just as much Roundup in it. Okay, that's true. Sometimes – you know, organic products, or they lie about them to get more money for them, and they've got glyphosate in them also. But at least you're trying. You know, you don't you don't, you don't run around with you know lab tech clothes on and you know and reagents to determine if it's got glyphosate. You can't test everything you eat, so be really careful. That's what I've got a good friend of mine. He has a place called uh, Florentino's Restaurant over in Lake Hamilton. You know, if you guys want to go by there, go by and say hi. His name's Mike Florentino. It's you know, but it's close to Winter Haven, close to Lake Wales, and. He makes me this really great pizza using cauliflower crust, you know, and, and the cauliflower doesn't spray with Roundup. So it's a lot healthier for you, and it doesn't have the weight gain potential that bread does because bread will still make you gain weight really fast anyhow. So it's important that you eat clean as much as you possibly can and never, ever use Teflon, never, ever ever cook in canola oil they're incredibly bad they really really are by the way uh this is an interesting article here it says the end of america's sovereignty 
the Kabbalist-controlled Luciferian Biden regime negotiates legally binding deal to give Chinese-backed World Health Organization a full authority over the U.S. pandemic policies. policies. Wow. No Senate approval needed. The Biden regime never fails to orchestrate an avenue to circumvent the U.S. Constitution and betray the American people. And the bombshell report, this release this past Saturday, reveals that the regime is about to surrender the American sovereignty to the World Health Organization and give them full control over future pandemic policy. The Gateway Pundit has reported extensively on these negotiations between the regime and the WHO over the past year. And again, why does any of this surprise us when they're trying to put us under a new world order and a one world government on an ongoing basis? By the way, uh, the Norfolk Southern eliminated key maintenance roles and derailment in the region, the union says. And they were also running cars that were almost two miles long, very, very long train carrying toxic material. And then as another article came out and said this was an inside job. Now, I'm not vetting this one. I'm not telling you this is 100 percent accurate because this is making some pretty bold claims here. So the CD changed the toxicity information on vinyl chloride days before the derailment. The CDC edited a toxicology profile for vinyl chloride, massively increasing the lethal exposure level and removing the information about how the chemical affects children just two weeks before the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, that spewed vast quantities of chemical into the environment. And then it goes on to say that you know there's farmers out there that are talking about how they were contacted before this happened to let people know that they were given basically, how should I say, information on you know chemical exposure and to be tracked before it ever happened now people say well you think that this is an inside job they did this on purpose uh, i have no idea all i know is that these coincidences seem to happen an awful lot and there are a lot of people out there that are involved in this stuff on an ongoing basis that are covering it up and we see that repeatedly and by the way oakland basically went dark as a fire ripped through california power substation following a series of targeted attacks on across you know the u.s flights are grounded and 9,000 residents were plunged into darkness as officials lost an investigation. This is in California, of course. The Oakland Airport in Northern California lost power Sunday evening. An outage in the area impacted roughly 50,000 customers after a fire at an electrical substation in Alameda County. Pacific Gas and electrical officials are investigating the incident, which comes after a series of attacks on substations across the U.S. in recent weeks. So it doesn't seem that this stuff's ever ending. It just seems like it goes on and on and on. And then an article came out in Daily Mail today. Remember, Daily Mail puts out a lot of disinformation. They're like a pipeline for the New World Order as far as getting information out. But every once in a while, even a blind squirrel will find an acorn. And it says, what are Marburg symptoms? This is a type of basically uh, really, really bad like Ebola. Can it spread as quickly as COVID? And how close are we getting a vaccine? Here we go with the vaccines again with, with Ebola. All you need to know about the, one of the world's deadliest viruses that, that is now spreading in Africa. Well, it's not really spreading in Africa. It's, there's nine people, right? The virus has appeared in Equatorial Guinea for the first time, killing nine people. And the World Health Organization warned vaccines and treatments may take months, but widely available effective treatments are some years off, experts warn. And, you know, here's the interesting thing about this is, you know, nine people now we're having an epidemic. is complete nonsense. But What's going to happen if they do another emergency use authorization for people to get a shot against Ebola? Are people going to be that inept that they're going to do this twice? They were laying on the beach in Siesta Key breathing in ammonia yesterday by the thousands. Sadly, I must say, if they tell us there's an Ebola outbreak and it's going to hit the United States, there are going to be people lined up just like they did before to get the vaccine. And again, 
the World Health Organization has been criticized so many times for going in and vaccinating these areas, causing these very outbreaks to the point that sometimes when the World Health Organization goes into these African villages, they're like stoned to death. They're like killed and told to leave because people don't want them there because of the problems that are associated with them when they start shoving these vaccines in the people. It's sad to me that Africa seems to be the big test subject all the time as far as different things they do to people. I mean, it really, 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 really is. It's crazy like this. By the way, we've got a guest coming on tomorrow, um, and he's going to be talking about the Cabal's bloodlust for World War III. We're going to bring him on for 30 minutes, and I just thought I'd mention that to you today because I'm looking at an article that he was on the SGT report, and I was uh, and I contacted him. He's coming on as a guest for us tomorrow, but it's important to you guys to understand that when they start talking about World War III, in my opinion, it's not going to be a full-blown nuclear exchange. I told you many, many years ago it was all about biologicals. It really, really is important that we understand that the biologicals are the way they can do stuff to you without taking out the infrastructure. And this was an interesting article here. It basically says Abraham Lincoln's disastrous effort to get – this is off this is off of Drudge. I want to report this from the Washington Post because it's a pretty liberal rag, and, and I just wanted to tell you that they're even talking about this now because I've told you so many times I don't like Abraham Lincoln. His disastrous effort to get black people to leave the United States on midday April – in 1863, hundreds of African-Americans hoping for a better lives boarded the Ocean Ranger at Fort Monroe in Virginia. The ship sailed away from a nation in the deep throes of a civil war bound for Le Bapeche, a small island of about 20 square miles off the southwestern coast of Haiti. Bernard Nock, an entrepreneur and Florida cotton planter, had promised to roughly 450 newly freed black immigrants on board that in exchange for working on a cotton plantation. They would receive homes, health care, schooling, and at the end of their four-year contract, 16 acres of land and back wages. The intelligent Negro, this is a quote, may enter upon a life of freedom and independence, conscious that he has earned the means of livelihood, at the same time discipline himself to the duties, the pleasures, and the wants of free labor. Nock had written his proposal. And here's, about, here's the thing about this. <laughs> it's all, it was all a lie, and Abraham Lincoln endorsed it. So you remember the Emancipation Proclamation did not free the slaves in the north, only in the south, because slavery was still rampant in the northern states also. And also many black people owned slaves and white people owned slaves and different nationalities owned slave, slaves. And so it's important that we understand who Lincoln was. You know, The Real Lincoln is a book that was written years ago, and there's many other books that are talking about him and his wife being a Kabbalist who had seances in the White House, which is really kind of hard to believe that she was that crazy to do stuff like that. But we understand that he's not who we thought he was. And you always have to understand when you find out these people are not who you think they are, you've got to ask yourself a question. Why am I elevating him to a position of sainthood or to a position of having the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C.? When he hired Sherman to go into Atlanta, shell Atlanta, burn Atlanta to the ground, and then go southeast direction towards the Pacific Atlantic Ocean and take a 60-mile swath and destroy everything to break the back of the south. This is all under Lincoln's guidelines to Sherman. This is not a good president. You, this is, this is, these are his own countrymen he did that to. And the south, after the fall of Atlanta, was already on its knees. It was already broken. It was done. There was no reason. To, it was like the bombing of Dresden you know, as a prequel with what Lincoln did with the March of Sherman. And basically, Lincoln gave Sherman his marching orders. So always remember who Lincoln was. Never look at history 
from the historical perspective of the people who won the war. Always look at it from the historical perspective and mix them together if you need to. So you see both sides of it, of the people who lost the war and why they were fighting like this to the death in order to protect their freedoms. The Civil War was about states' rights. It was not about slavery. It was a sub-issue. Now, it was a problem. I got I to give it that. It was slavery is awful in any form whatsoever. It's awful. And it, it's, it's, I understand that people wanted to make it a primary issue, but it was not. It was about states' rights and taxes and levies, especially on cotton production going to England. And the states, southern states, just had enough of it. They got tired of paying the bill for the northern states because they were industrial power up north. But they, the cotton people in the southern states were super wealthy from all the textiles and all the other things they were doing and shipping to England. And they wanted a piece of it. Lincoln was a socialist. He and Karl Marx were good friends. They exchanged letters together. Think about that for a second. Lincoln and Karl Marx exchanged letters. Google it. It'll still be there. And this is, this is the group of people that have been running this country for a long, long time. And the only thing that Lincoln did right, he refused to allow the international banking cartels to come in and take back over the United States with the Central Reserve Bank because Andrew Jackson had gotten rid of them in the 1830s. Lincoln would not put them back in again. He kind of made that promise to him that he would. And then they say many people have said that John Wilkes Booth was an agent of the Rothschild banking cartel. You guys to do your own research on that and realize that. By the way, Americans speaking about banks, Americans' credit card just got declined. The U.S. economy runs on credit, and so the international Rothschild banking cartel with all the central banks basically decided they're going to start changing the credit for the United States. And now the economy is sputtering, and right now we're majorly overdrawn. Banks are tightening lending standards, standards for consumer loans. They're a reliable leading factor for an economic recession. Over the past 12 months, the percent of U.S. banks reporting an increased willingness to take make new consumer loans have plunged deeply into negative territory. In fact, I've got a friend of mine right now. He started a bank in South Florida. I've known him for, known him for almost 50 years. And he doesn't even make consumer loans at all. It's all commercial loans. He said there's too many consumers out there that continually defraud banks, and they don't want to make loans to consumers anymore. All they want to do is make loans to commercial interests and corporations because that way, in the event they don't pay the bills, they don't have all kinds of consumer protection programs in place for the individual, and they can go in and start seizing assets of the corporation. Important that we understand that a lot of this stuff happens all of the time as far as in the, in the credit markets. Just banks are wary of making new loans right now because the consumer defaults are on the rise. And the recent acceleration in delinquency rates on credit card debt. In the latest round of earnings call, every American bank, major American bank, has reported a surge in credit provisions, capital set aside to cover future loan losses. For instance, J.P. Morgan, Rothschild Control you know, Bank, reserved $2.3 billion for potential loss, loan losses in the fourth quarter, a 49% increase in the prior quarter. And when you pull back consumer loans and applications, it's a big deal because over the past year, as inflation has eroded, Incomes, the consumer savings rate has plummeted to a record low of just 2.2%. In a recent survey, 64% of Americans reported they're living paycheck to paycheck. As a result, they've turned to plastic, racking up a record $930 billion in total credit card debt, up by almost $200 billion since 2020. All of this stuff is happening because so many people are out there buying cars they didn't need. You know, you know Austin and I warned you. We warned you two years ago. Was a huge shortage of new cars, and they were putting fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollar addendums on vehicles that you know these cars weren't going to be worth it. And when you went to trade these cars in in two or three years, they're going to tell you that you're thirty thousand dollars upside down on these cars. That's exactly what's happened all over the United States. And the sad part about all of this is it's not going to end. It's not going to get any better, you know, because people are continuing to go out and buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't know. 
If you've got a car that's paid for, if you've got a car that's running well, if you have a car that's reliable transportation, just keep it. Don't get rid of it. Just continue to just use it as long as it's running, especially if you have a really good car like a Toyota or a Honda. I hate to pick on General Motors, but I'm picking on them and Ford, picking on both of them right now. And that Honda is going to run, you know, for four or 500,000 miles with any major repairs. Just keep it because it's not going to really go down much in value if it's already used. It's already got 100,000 miles on it, but it's going to maintain good transportation for you. And you don't have to go out and start to buy a new vehicle, a new, new car that's going to be absolutely horrible. By the way, the new Ant-Man and the Wasp apparently has completely flopped at the box office and has horrible reviews. I'm not sure if it's a woke movie yet or not. I haven't done the full review of it, but I don't think I'll be bothering to see something like that anyhow because, quite frankly, the woke Hollywood agenda is continuing to get worse and worse and worse. And I really don't want to support any of these people as far as their activities unless it's Top Gun and basically, you know, <laughs> the Maverick with Tom Cruise, which was an excellent movie. Also, uh, Daily Mail is also reporting, and this is the truth again, getting Pfizer's COVID booster and the flu vaccine on the same day may raise the risk of stroke. But that won't affect you guys because you're not going to do all this stuff anyhow, but I'm just letting you know that. Their FDA is actually saying that now. An FDA review found the preliminary link while scouring vaccine injury databases. Imagine that. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You look into the various databases. But they were actually saying that a flu and COVID infection may both raise the stroke risk comes in as COVID shots will be offered on a once-a-year basis moving forward. I don't believe that at all. I believe that COVID shots are going to be here forever, and as long as they can force the American population to take more mRNA vaccines, they're going to continue to do that. But again, the problem is now they're putting it into the food supply, they're putting it into the cows, they're putting it into the, the milk you know, via the cows, and it's going to be everywhere. I talked about this last week. So the best thing you can do is try to just mitigate the damage of the exposure to all of us at this point. Even those of us who have decided not to get vaccinated, we still have to deal with this stuff. So I don't know. But remember this. You know, God is still the same from yesterday, today, and forever. And prayer still changes things. And you've got to stay right with God. You know, in many cases, he'll put people in your path that are supposed to be there. You know, he'll tell you to listen to certain talk shows. He'll tell you to do certain things and, and support certain people in certain places and certain things. Because remember, he is the Alpha and the Omega. His name is Jesus. He's the Lamb of God. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Counselor. He is the Good Shepherd. He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer. He's our Deliverer. He's our Messiah. He's the way. He is Lord God Almighty. He is Lord of all. He is resurrection of life. He is the King of Kings. He is the Son of God. That's who God is, and we need to understand that. And a lot of people out there right now are really searching for who God is. The churches have been completely negligent in talking about the power of Christianity and who we are as Christians. They've, they've walked away from all of this stuff, and they don't want to talk about it anymore because they're more interested in giving units coming in and basically you know, making sure they don't want to leave, have people leave the churches because they have so much overhead because they have so much debt. And we have to understand that, that the churches have been compromised via the Johnson Amendment, things we've talked about so many times on the show. But our relationship with Jesus Christ is not a religion. I had this conversation with a friend of mine this morning. Our relationship is not a religion. People say, well, you're religious. No, I'm about the least thing from religious you're ever going to see. I'm not religious at all. I love God. I've got a great relationship with the Almighty. I pray all the time, and I continue to seek God's will in my life. But I'm not religious. Religious people are basically pious, and they're sanctimonious. That is not me. And if you know me, you'll know that. I mean, I do everything I possibly can bring honor and glory to God, but I ain't perfect. I just do the best I can, but my relationship with God is excellent, and that's what we need to shoot for is that relationship. It doesn't matter 
you know, if you go to church every Sunday, it really doesn't, especially if you're listening to a woke pastor talk about woke things. I prefer you not even go to that mess. Start talking to you about, I'm not going to go there. But it's just, it's just, I'd avoid those types of churches. I had a friend of mine who was, you know, used to be a Catholic, and now they're not a Catholic anymore. They said they walked away from the Catholic church because of what they did with the priests and the young boys and the altar boys and all the rapes of these young children. I can't blame her for that. This is one of those deals. That's happened. It's still happening with the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church was infiltrated you know, 70, 80 years ago, and they put a bunch of pedophiles in place, and they put a bunch of Masonic leaders in place, and they put a bunch of people in there that have completely compromised Catholicism with Vatican II, and now we have a situation where the Catholic Church has lost prestige because of their running money for the doggone mafia and the CIA through the Vatican Bank with the sale of drugs and opiates out of Southeast Asia. And basically endorsing and helping to pay for Operation Condor and Operation Gladio. Why is the church involved in all that mess? And the, and the current pope is a complete and total disaster. I told you that. I was in Buenos Aires at his former cathedral he was at there. And, there, and every, every single person I talked to couldn't stand the guy. But he's pope? Now, Catholic Church is in trouble. They really are. But again, that's done by design. Because anything they can do to fracture Christianity or fracture the Catholic Church or fracture Protestantism, fracture all of this stuff, is being done all around us all of the time. And uh, it was interesting. Charles wrote me this email yesterday. I got a bunch of really good emails over the weekend. It says, hey, Dr. Ted, he goes, what can't read, write, and do math who owns nothing will be happy? Question. Answer. A slave. I'm going to repeat that for you guys. I thought that was so well said. What can't read, write, do math, owns nothing, and will be happy? That's a slave. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to take us to a slave state. The guys, you'd listen to me and listen to me every single day on this show, and I'll tell you this every day of my life. It's about God to serve him and obey his commandments. It's the sole duty of man. You strap up that armor. You do. You put on that breastplate of righteousness. You take up the sword of the spirit. You take up all of this stuff. You take up everything that you need to do to fight this fight, the good fight, and you stand your ground. No matter what happens, you stand and you stand your ground. Really, 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 really important because, guys, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and this is the day the Lord hath made, and we're not going to be overwhelmed with news that's not positive. We're not going to be overwhelmed with any of this stuff because we stand as one with the Most High God to a blood covenant with Jesus, and we can do all things through Christ. Always remember that all the days of your life. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? That's excellent information. And, you know, you were talking earlier about the Civil War. It was interesting. On Saturday, I took the kids in Lanham over to Fort Clinch, which is in the uh, state park on tip of Amelia Island, right before the Georgia line on the end of the island. And it was a, originally a Civil War fort on the edge of the island. Very interesting. And then later on ended up being a uh, fort for the Spanish-American Wars. And so it was very well-preserved. It's one of the most well-preserved forts uh, anywhere in Florida. And so I was talking to one of the guys there that worked there, and we were talking about the guns that they were running, some of the, the uh, eight-inch shells, and then the Spanish-American War. And the, uh, they actually came in with the cartridge rifled shell that they were running, and it was much more accurate. And there was actually spots where they had spotter points where they would adjust the guns, and he said they actually have markers out, out in the bay. Where they could actually go in and try to, you know, dial up their mortar shots. So we had this conversation, and then we were talking about some stuff with the Civil War. And he's like, "Well, yeah, he goes, I was, you know, the the South, you know, they were being rebels." And I said, "Well, the South didn't want to have unjust taxes levied upon them, as was pursuant to the United States Constitution." He said, "Well, yeah, that was accurate." He said, "But also, a lot of the Southern states didn't want to give up the slaves." 
And I said there were certain aspects of it that they did not want to, and a lot of it was based on just the they weren't doing anything the Northern wanted anymore. And we got into the topic of uh, Sherman's March to the Sea, and he goes, well, you know, that that was a rough time. He goes, but but the war really needed to end. And I said, dude, the war should have never started. <laughs> I said, this is a war against brother against brother against countrymen. I said, this war should have never have started. I said, the very concept that they continually tell you in the history books that this whole thing was based on slavery, even in the museum at Fort Clinch, that this whole section about it and it's about, all about slavery and the rebellious southern states refused to give up their slaves and the rebellious southern states. I kept saying that repeatedly, and I'm like, what is this propaganda, rebellious southern states? No, the southern states that did not want to comply with overreaching tyranny and unjust taxes and a northern states that were continually levying increasing taxes and fees and all these different things on them on a regular basis, they didn't have to. They said, okay, fine. You guys want to act like this? You guys act like big, big socialist babies. You guys want all of our stuff and you want to constantly tax our stuff, but you want to consume our stuff. So you can keep building all your stuff up there and keep consuming, consuming, consuming. Well, guess what? How about you just don't consume our stuff anymore? And we just become our own little unique entity down here. And it was sad because it turned into a total war of attrition, one of the bloodiest wars in history, because especially the population density at the time. And it was all based exactly what Dad just said. Lincoln was a Marxist. He was friends with Marxists. He was a socialist. You could do your research on that. And that's the reason why he went so hard against the South and finally decided. Because the problem is once he got committed to it, they couldn't back off because if the South actually won and they actually maintained their liberties and they were able to succeed, the bankers, the Federal Reserve bankers would have had zero control over the southern states at that point to tax them unjustly and to control their money supply. You would have had essentially a southern states bank. They would have emerged and they would have started doing their own commerce and trading and food and grains and cotton and supplies. And also the North would have been like, well, what, what, what are we supposed to do now? How, how are we supposed to generate all this money? We like consume everything all the time. We don't, what are we doing? Where are we getting all this material from? Where are we, where, how are we going to produce all this? Uh, we don't know what to do. That's one of the primary reasons that that war ended up being so horrific because they had, they could not lose. The North could not lose. Physically, it would have been the fall of the northern states and the banks, and this is why it went that way. And so it was, it was very interesting. If you're ever down here in Amelia Island, up here in Amelia Island, you want to go check out that fort. It's very, very well-preserved fort. And they still have the barracks in there and the kitchens in there. Lots of they, – they've rebuilt part of it. Make sure it still you know, looks and is safe to go walk around and climb on, but it's definitely a really cool thing to go look at. Also, to in other news, this is something I wanted to bring up as well is, you know, obviously, since we're seeing this stuff go on in Ohio right now and it seems to be completely ignored, now it's finally just getting a little bit of coverage. You know, President Biden, I guess he didn't, I guess he couldn't find ice cream in Ohio or they didn't have his pudding flavor. So he still has decided he has not wanted to set foot in Ohio. But yet he suddenly decided he wanted to step foot in Ukraine. Oh, remember, remember, Ukraine, that is such a war zone right now, being overrun by Russian military and being shelled and mortared in carpet bomb, allegedly, that's such a horrific war zone that we have to send them over $105 billion in less than a year to Ukraine. Oh, yes, that Ukraine. Um the sitting U.S. president of the United States decided he was going to stop by there right now. You know, I mean, because it's just 
It makes sense, you know? In an unbelievably hot war zone where carpet bombing is becoming a regular thing, allegedly, and continual mortaring is becoming a wretched thing, a normal thing, you know, naturally the U.S. president goes over there and walks around. Really, guys? Does anybody else follow what I'm saying here? It was the same thing during the war last year when Pelosi and Schumer and all those hardcore leftist Democrat communists that were in the House and the Senate was like 18 of them made multiple flights to Ukraine. Oh, an active war zone country. And I said, you know, I I remember when, when George W. Bush came down and walked around Fallujah. After the Marines took, you know, I think 51, 52 days to finally take that place over because it turned such a nightmare with all the IEDs and all the militia that were defending their home there. A lot of them were horrible terrorists and a lot of them were very violent. Oh, yeah, I remember when Bush walked over there, was hanging out with them in the Iraq war. Not. Nobody did. Nobody came over there from the presidency whatsoever because it was an active hot zone. Oh, but, you know, it's, it's fine because Biden went, you know, to the safe spot of Ukraine because it's definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's way better. It's the size of Texas. So, you know, I mean, you know, believe, believe the science, guys. It's the science. You have to follow whatever they say because it's the science. Well, at the same time now, you have Cincinnati has now shut off water from the Ohio River. Cincinnati, Ohio has now shut off water from the Ohio River due to the Palestine contamination. The local government announced over the weekend that out of abundance of caution, GCWW will shut off the Ohio River intake ahead of the arrival of detectable chemical concentration in the river. While the water intake is shut off, GCWW will temporarily switch to water reserves. Our city administration is prepared for these type of events. I understand the concern, and I'm confident that the temporary shutoff of the Ohio River intake is the best move. But hey, didn't, didn't the EPA just say the other day that it's totally safe in East Palestine? Totally cool. Nothing to see here. I have had a, I had a customer and a listener send me a bunch of photos over the weekend of going up there, and he basically said that he went up there to uh, visit his family, and he sent me a bunch of photos of stuff that's going on up there. There's great antlers up there, and a lot of the stuff is all shut off. All the roads are closed now, and they're basically trying to clean up the gigantic mess that they dropped over there. And it's crazy, and it's sad because I mean, you see a lot. He's showing me a lot of photos of all the area where it's been just absolutely just charcoal, and now they're trying to go in and clean a bunch of this stuff up. And what's interesting about this now? The train, he said, the train coming through that was doing less than 30 mile an hour in the area. He said, I've seen several coming through watching here. And he goes, the stretch of tracks that they're digging up the dirt and gravel new construction on is a good half mile. And the roads are primarily blocked. And now what's interesting about this is I just talked to the, on the show earlier. Dad just brought up the fact that you had a, an employee allegedly stated now that they had 151 cars on this track. And it was, you know, like 9,300 feet long, almost two miles long, barreling through. And what's interesting about this is now is the same thing that I've brought up to multiple people and multiple people have brought up in articles now is the fact that you had this massive, massive tanker spillover. And yet they said, hey, the best thing to do now is to dump out. You know, a million gallons of this vinyl chloride out of all these tankers because the tankers are getting you know, basically swelling from pressure and they're going to detonate. So let's do a controlled demolition of them and blow them open and dump a million gallons of this stuff out and then let it burn for three days. There is something so nefarious that's going on here. I think very few, even all of us, understand to the full extent 
of what's starting to happen and what is going to continue to happen. This is not going to go away. This isn't just going to disappear. This is going to be an ongoing issue. And like I said last week, it'd be very interesting, just hypothetically, and I know customers send me email on that as well, the fact that they may be using this as an excuse now to try to increase the cancer rates so they can continue to offset the amount of issues we're going to start seeing with the COVID shot, which you've already seen now, especially these bivalent booster shots on how toxic they are to the body. Just a thought as also, too, this is interesting. The Dad was talking about the credit cards earlier. And what's happened is now we're also starting to see something that's happening now where mass evictions are starting to occur now. They're saying that this year in 2023, we're probably going to see a higher eviction rate than we've ever seen in the last like 15 years, even before like the, the 2008 meltdown. And what's happened is that this is twofold. This is the price of houses have continued to gone up. So a lot of landlords and a lot of companies that own these rental houses, some of them have gotten greedier and they're increasing the price. However, there's also a side effect that a lot of people aren't talking about. The issue that you ran into with a lot of these landlords, especially legitimate ones that were really just trying to make money and own rental houses and have secondary forms of income, is that you had this side effect during COVID where the federal government stepped in, which is very rare they do this on private rentals, and say, listen, due to this national emergency health crisis, you don't have to pay your rent anymore. You're getting, you're getting rent subsidy, allegedly, and you don't have to pay your rent, and you're getting mortgage deferrals and all this stuff. And these landlords were getting you know, pennies on the dollar of what they would normally get, yet they were still having to maintain and pay for the property taxes. They were still having to upkeep the facilities. They were still having to make sure the ACs worked because federally they couldn't basically not take care of their own properties. And secondly, they're their own properties. And they couldn't really sell them because everything shut down for quite a period of time. And you had these squatters that you couldn't evict and couldn't kick out now. And so it ran into this issue where a lot of these landlords now are trying to recapture some of their enormous losses during COVID in 2021. All the way into 2022, some of that stuff that happened as far as with that deferral and referendums and everything so you didn't have to pay your rent. For some odd reason. Some of the American populace, I guess it's not odd. We know it's been well-planned. They've been so trained into thinking that socialism is now a normal thing, and this is one of the reasons why the markets went so high so fast is you had people that had never had any type of money because they spent everything they had suddenly didn't have to pay their rent didn't have to pay their car payment, didn't have to go to work, didn't have to pay their bills, got free checks on unemployment, some of which were making six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a week, not to mention their stimmy checks and all the other stuff, a lot of it, a lot of PPP manipulated illegal loans that people got that we've seen now repeatedly people getting arrested for using those things and buying cars and houses and stuff that didn't even didn't even need. And so all this money came through, and all of a sudden people thought it was just gravy train with COVID for two years. I don't have to pay my rent. I don't have to pay my bills. I can go buy a new car, and I can pay ten, twenty thousand dollars over what the car value is worth because it doesn't matter. Because if I want to pay it, I don't want to pay it. That's why we're seeing record repossessions now. And what's happened is now credit cards are becoming more and more and more the new norm. Well, now we're finding out. Switching gears to discover is to begin tracking purchases at gun retailers starting in April. If you guys remember. Uh, back in September of last year, there was something called the ISO, the Geneva-based ISO at dubbed 5723 gun and ammunition shops to be available for financial institutions by the use of end of February to use merchant category codes to evaluate what they wanted to allow occurring and they could monitor and say you're high risk, they flag you for this, they flag you for that. 
credit cards now have that ability to do so starting the end of this month. Well, Discover has said immediately that they are planning on using this information immediately as soon as they have access to it. They decided to see it that not only would it change their off rate soar, but it would also is going to lose millions of dollars to its customers after allowing its network to essentially – it's writing off an enormous amount of money this year. It's expecting the write-offs to go through the roof because, uh, Dad said earlier, a lot of people are defaulting on credit cards. And now it's planning on effectively spying on a client by allowing its network to track, track all purchases at gun retailers starting in April, making it the first among its peers to publicly give a date for moving ahead with this initiative, which is aimed at help authorities probe gun-related crimes. Now, I can tell you right now with a definitive fact, because I've been in the firearm industry for decades – there is no legitimate person that simply goes, you know what, I plan on committing a dastardly crime with a firearm. I'm going to go to the store, and I'm totally legal. I'm going to go pass a background check, and I'm going to buy this firearm on my credit card, and then I'm going to go complete all these horrific acts. That doesn't normally ever happen. The stories that we constantly hear about so-and-so bought of AR-15, assault weapon with an extended capacity, high-clip feeding device that could shoot 50,000 rounds a second. That's what he went and bought. The stupid moronic statements they make all the time in the media like that. Majority of those, these guys are handled. They are planned for and they are set up by the FBI and the CIA and the ATF in sting raids and certain things that they are setting them up in. Normally, that does not ever happen. I know multiple law enforcement officers, even those that have worked in detective units, and they said most of this stuff that occurs when you hear about these false flag shooters or these mass shooters that occur, he said there's generally always something that is going on behind the scenes that's facilitating them buying what they're buying. Remember the shooting last year at that school? In Texas, where that 18-year-old kid that didn't have a driver's license, didn't have a job, went to the gun store and suddenly bought two Daniel Defense AR-15s and equipped them with EOTech weapon sights and bought numerous mags and hundreds of rounds of ammunition, suddenly just went and picked up almost a $5,000 weapon bill at a gun store that he suddenly went out and was all proficient in shooting people in the street and shooting the people across the street that barricaded himself in. And then suddenly law enforcement wouldn't let anybody go into school for an hour and a half to breach where this kid allegedly was till two border patrol agents that were federal agents and couldn't be tied down by local law enforcement went in breached and shot the alleged shooter. And then there was, they, those guys were basically reprimanded and let loose and everything else. Well, why isn't anybody still talking about that incident? Well, it's because they want to keep telling you that the credit card companies need to monitor every single thing you do. There's a reason why if you look up down in you know Portugal, there's 1,500 euro limit on your cash transactions. You go to other countries, you'll find the exact same thing over in Europe. Spain, you can't buy, I think, more than $1,000 over in Europe now. Belgium, France, Italy, they're reducing it down like 5000 Some of them are going even lower than that. This is happening all across Europe where they're reducing the amount of euros you can buy in cash to actually buy stuff. So if you go in the store and you want to go buy two Glocks for 1,000 euros, the bill comes out to 1,200 euros, you can't buy it. You physically have to put it on your credit card. Ah, and there ensues the problem that we're now seeing with Discover and these other credit card companies that are going to be going in, monitoring, looking, recording, and data logging every single thing you buy, and then turn around and go, um, we're sorry, we've now declined your credit card for your purchase of your new firearm because we've deemed you as a threat and we flagged you with a red flag and sent this information off to DHS. 
Well, then you go, you know what? Credit card got declined. I'm going to buy the gun anyway with cash. Uh, sorry, bud. This rifle's $1,200. Cash limit's $1,000 right now in the current society that we're in. Uh, you're defunct from buying a firearm. Whoa. Anybody start realizing where these things are going to start going? That's why they're going to start doing them. They do not want people to continue to be able to buy weapons to defend themselves. That's why it is so important. You have the means to defend yourself now. You have the food supply to defend yourself now and stay substantially sufficient. And you also have the training and the health to maintain it. I've continually continually encourage people make sure you have backup supplies even if it's supplements like cinnamon extract for your blood sugar make sure you keep an extra bottle or two on stack because certain things like this like we saw in ohio at a point where you may go my gosh we got to get out now you got to leave you got to grab some food you got to grab some supplements you got to grab some weapons and it's first aid and you got to bunk out now sometimes those things happen and i personally think with what we're watching right now they're going to start happening more than they ever have before because I don't think they're by accident. Just my opinion. So thank you, my friends, again, for supporting Health Masters. Thank you for continually getting the truth out there and supporting the truth being talked about and being spread and having more and more people wake up to what's really happening. If you guys need anything, the Ultimate Multiple Powder on sale. I told you I was going to do that with a fresh batch we just got in on sale right now for 15% off. And be sure as well to check out the product of the week as well on sale right now at healthmasters.com. We continually do the best we can to keep you updated on certain things. There's a lot more articles Dad and I got that we're going to be getting into tomorrow. Today was just a lot of stuff going on on this show. But be sure to check anything out you need. Eyesight, product of the week, and vote for what you want to see this Wednesday. Healthmasters.com. Thank you again for your support of Health Masters and this show. Have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, and we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always.